I've been, we've been on the Romans road trip for a very long time, and we're just staying there till we get done. So we are in Romans chapter 11, actually bringing it to a conclusion in this section of Romans where Paul is addressing God's relationship with Israel, and we see Paul's deep concern for Israel. We see uh, God's deep concern for Israel, that they would have a right relationship with God, and that's going to continue now through chapter 11. I'm going to invite Chris Holman to come. He's going to read through chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, you can read there. It's also be on the screen, and you can follow along that way, but allow the Word of God to soak inside of you. So we ended chapter 10. We realized that there's one of two ways to relate to God, because God wants a relationship with Israel, with Gentiles, with everyone, and there's one of two ways that you can relate to God. You can relate to God through the law or you can relate to God through relationship. And there's only one that actually works. Because if you want to try and relate to God through your works, you'll never be good enough to get to God. It will never keep you in a relationship, never get you into a relationship with God. You'll never be good enough. So it's not about our works, it's about our words. That we would believe something in our heart and we would then confess it with our mouth. And we hit the Romans road sign in Romans chapter 10. It'll be on the screen. And we hit this road sign as we were traveling. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. See, God died on a cross for your sins. He rose again. His death is my death. His life is my life. And when I believe that in my heart and I confess it with my mouth, that's when I have a relationship with him. It's not about what I can do for him because he really doesn't need anything from me, but I need everything from him. And God is so concerned about that relationship. There's going to be one more chapter. So open your hearts up as Chris reads today and Romans chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear, down to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and bend their backs forever. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? 
By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now, I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it's not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, Branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy, Because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. And how inscrutable his ways. 
For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. feel like shouting after that ending, don't you? I mean, that's some good stuff. God has some real truths he wants to give you in our brief time together, and so I'm going to ask you to jump back to verse 1 as we work our way toward that beautiful doxology. But God wants to share these things with us today, not just for the Jews and the Gentiles back then, but for us today. And he begins by asking the question, did God, is it all over for Israel? Does he close the door on them? And, and no, the door is open. It's so wide open, Gentiles are now coming through. I mean, this is a new day, and Paul is an example of someone that followed the call of the Messiah, that saw the plan of God through Jesus, and he is a follower of Jesus. But God never closes that door. You want to know why? Because his gift and calling are without repentance. You want to know why? Because he said, I'm going to have a covenant with my people. I'm going to have an everlasting covenant with my people. I'm going to love my people no matter what. And in the Old Testament, he worked out that plan through Israel. In the New Testament, he's working out that plan through the church. And he says, I am placing a covenant on these people. They belong to me. I will love them with an everlasting love. Were they always faithful to God? No. Has the church always been faithful to God? No. Read church history. We made some big mistakes along the way. But you know what? God says, I love these people. These are my people. This is how I'm going to do my work through the world. I'm going to do it through my people, whether Israel or the church. That's who I'm going to work through. Those are the only two things I'm going to work through on this world. And I will establish a covenant with these people. No matter their faithfulness, I will always be faithful to them. And I don't know about you, but that makes me say, thank you, God. Because I'm not always faithful, but he is. Does that mean that everybody that is Jewish, does that mean that everybody that comes to church gets to go to heaven? Does that mean that everybody that's on a membership role of a church is, quote, saved? Does that mean that everyone that either has that heritage or that new heritage in the new covenant, does that mean everybody gets to go to heaven and has a relationship with God? No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did. That'd be great. I would just tell people, hey, just become a member of some church and you'll be fine. But that's not how it works. See, God says, I want you to have that choice to follow me. See, when Moses went in to deliver the children out of Egypt, he didn't go in and hand select a few to come out. He went in and announced to everyone, it's time to go. So it wasn't just for a few, it was for everyone. And he didn't go in and make anybody come out either. They were free to stay if they wanted to stay. And so the call goes out. And what's even more interesting is that anybody that wanted to go with Israel, even if they weren't an Israelite, could have gone with them out of Egypt, could have been saved by the hand of God. He says anybody that wants to come. And while God opens the door to anyone, he lets you make the decision. Are you going to follow me? Are you going to be a part of my people? He lets you 
drop out if you want to drop out. He lets you come if you want to come. It's up to you. That's how God did it in his sovereignty. He gave us a free will to decide to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth and to believe in him. And God has always, and we see this in verse 5, actually beginning verse 2, but verse 5 we see the word. God has always had what we call a remnant. A remnant, whether it be in Israel or it be in the church, God has always had that small core group of people that had that personal relationship with God, that had that deep relationship with God, that were faithful to God as he was faithful to them. And I don't know about you, but when I start thinking about the remnant of the Old Testament, when I think of the remnant of the church, a church without spot or wrinkle. When I think of, I don't know about you, but I want to raise my hand and say, I want to be a part of your remnant. I want to be a part of the ones that love you, that have a relationship with you, that don't just play games and go to church and, 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 and look the part. I want to know you, God. I don't want to just sing the songs of worship. I want to know you. I want to know what I'm singing about. And there's always been that remnant that it put God first. Sometimes it dwindles down just to one person or one family. But there's always been that remnant. The remnant of Jews in the time of Paul. And that remnant begins actually on the day of Pentecost as thousands are added to the church. Jewish believers that were added to the church that saw what God was doing. They saw what God was doing through Jesus Christ and they became a part of his new covenant plan. And they were, they were ushered in. That remnant came in. But they didn't come in by their heritage or their family or by the law or by any human thing. They came in because of the grace of God. They came in through relationship, by grace, through faith. That's how they came in. See, human performance, human works, keeping the law will neither get you into a relationship with God or keep you in a relationship with God. Human performance will never get you in or keep you in a relationship with God. Grace is what's needed. Focusing on his love and his mercy in our lives. And we are no longer then called Jews or Gentiles. We're now called saints. We're now made holy. We now belong to God. There's never been a time in church history that there hasn't been a remnant of followers that love God and follow him. There's never been a time in history that God hasn't had that small core of people. But listen to this, too. There's also equally true, this is true, that there hasn't been a time when all of Israel or all of the church was a part of that remnant, that everybody followed, that everybody was faithful, that everybody was doing what God wanted them to do. That's just never happened. It never will. But there will always be that small group, that remnant that remains faithful. That remnant that is not based on rules, but is based on relationship. And the salvation of God comes to that remnant. The salvation of God comes to those of us that have that relationship with God. And that's why his covenant promises are true forever. Whether it be to Israel or be to us as Gentiles, now saints in the church, that's true because there will always be a remnant that God works out his promises to. And so his promises are always true because there's always those faithful people. Even when it feels like you're the only one, I don't know about you, when I watch the news, when I look at what's happening in the world today, I'm like, Jesus, is there anybody that's following you? Is there anybody that knows you? You know what? When we get into that feeling, know that the remnant is probably a lot bigger than you think. 
And that when we start standing up and standing strong and, and being together and, and remnant churches start worshiping God and living for his glory, and they start reaching out to the prisons and to the neighborhoods and to all those, you're going to see something happen. And you may get into a pity party and say, God, I'm the only one left. No one else loves you besides me. Elijah did that. He said, just take me home. There's no one else. And God says, I have 7,000 just like you, Elijah, that have never bowed their knee to Baal. They're part of my remnant. I want to tell you that God's remnant is probably bigger than you think. And God is waiting for us to live for him, to, to put his name on our jersey, so to speak, and to be him to this world, to be his body to this world. So we continue on. Paul uses some language here that can get confusing. He uses the word hardened or blinded. It depends on your translation. And so immediately we begin to think that God has shut the Jews out or certain Jews out. He's, he's closed them off. See the word blinded. Um, is the mic going in and out? Sorry about that. Let me get uh, John's mic here. Because Pastor John's mic is like holy or something. It never goes out. Sorry, I tricked you on that. Sorry. But um, that word blinded, you know, we, we, we see that word. And so we begin to think, well, God chose some and then he blinded other people. And that's how sometimes we can read that as we're looking at it. But that is not what God is saying here. I've already preached a lot about this in Romans 8 and Romans 9. You go back online and listen. But that's not what God is talking about here. That word blinded is actually the same word as the word calloused or hardened. And, and so that's what God is talking about. He's talking about a people that have been calloused. And so just as you can get a callous on your hand, spiritually speaking, you can be calloused in your heart. There can be a hardening in your heart. Because if you just want to do what you want to do, and you're going to ignore every warning sign that God puts in front of you, and you're going to become deaf to his voice your heart's going to get hardened. It's just going to happen. It's going to become callous towards the things of God. And it's not something that God is doing to you. It's something that you're doing back to God. Because the more God demanded of Pharaoh, the harder his heart became. We've got to realize that we've got to be sensitive and open to God. Because this is what actually happened to Israel. I don't know if you've been reading through the story. Uh, Zondervan's translation of the Bible, the story, we've been reading 12 pages a day. I don't know about you, but I am loving every minute of it. If you haven't started yet, you can still get it. Start now, you'll be done in February. Reading through the Bible in one month. And it's been fascinating to read these stories. And I don't know about you, but I've been, when we were reading through the Old Testament, I was just getting angry every time. Because they kept running away from God and worshiping other things. And they kept going again and again and again against God. And I'm like, what in the world? And then when Jesus comes, they don't see what God's doing through Jesus. That's God's plan, and they don't see it, and, and they, keep, they keep just rejecting it. Well, guess what? The more you reject God, the more callous your heart's going to be. And before we get too hard on Israel, we need to stop and look in the mirror. Because I don't know about you, but I can be very selfish sometimes and do what I want to do. And I see a warning sign here and there, and I decide, well, that's for someone else, not for me. Or God tells me to do something and I don't do it. Or he tells me not to do something and I do do it. 
It's the beginning of a hardened heart on my behalf. And in the chapters to come, I won't spend too much time on that, because in the chapters to come, in 12 and following, that we'll be getting into in the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at what God says about living this faith out. And one of the things is, is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And if God tells you don't do something, you don't do it. Because it becomes sin if you continue to do it. And, and you can say, well, it's no big deal. You know, it, it's interesting with, with our kids because they'll see a, a rating on a movie or a rating on a, on a video game or something. They'll say, well, I'm in that age range so I can go see it, Dad. Not if I don't think you should because I'm your dad. And if you do do it when I told you not to do it, that's being disobedient. And so if God tells you, I don't want you to do this, and you say, it's really not that big a deal, God. Anybody, everybody else is doing it. It's not necessarily sin for everybody else, but it'll be sin for you if you do it. See, God is saying, I want you to be sensitive to my voice and to my leading. I want you to have a relationship with me. That's why it works with a father and a son or a mother and a daughter. It works because there's a relationship and say, I love you. And you go against this, it's going to be disobedience. But I love you. I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want those things to be in your heart and mind. That's what I'm talking about here. And, and that's what God's talking about here. He says, I don't want you to get so involved with what you want that you miss out on what I want for you. He says there in, in verse 9, an interesting um, uh, quote there, that, that their table was made a snare. That was that the outward ceremonial things that they were doing was keeping them from an inward spiritual work of grace that God wanted to do. They were so into what they liked and, and what the, the table is on the outside. Well, it's not in the Holy Holies. It's, it's, not, it's on the outside, and you're, you're living out there, and I want you to come in by me is what God's saying. They got caught in the middle of what they wanted. They never got to the inward work of God's grace. And what they found themselves in was a very bad place. Because they had kept rejecting God, kept doing it their own way, thinking, well, we'll just do it this way, and we're going to be all right with God. And God says, no, it's not going to work. And their hearts became blinded, hardened, callous toward God. But does that mean that they're now wiped out forever? Does that mean that this is complete, that this is permanent, that it's over? No, because God has an everlasting covenant with his people. God never stops loving. God never stops calling. God never stops going back again and again and again. Now, if they rejected God and wanted to walk away, that's fine, but that is not God's plan. His plan is that they would be a part of the vine. And, And Paul begins to talk about grafting branches into the vine. And, and what's interesting about that is that Jesus calls himself the vine and we're the branches in John 15. If you want to turn your Bibles there. John chapter 15, verse 5. Actually, the whole part of 15 is this, but today we're running short on time because I definitely want time for prayer and worship at the end. But you can read John 15 more about this, but uh, he's talking about him being the vine. Also notice in John chapter 15, this is the last night of Jesus' life. If you notice, starting in verse 12, 13. 14, 15, 16, 17. You're going to notice all those words are in red. If you have Jesus' words in red in your Bible, these are Jesus' last words to his disciples. Before he goes to the cross, he says, this is, these are the things I want you to know. One of those things I want you to know is that I am the vine, you are the branches. 
Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. It's just super simple. You either abide in God or you're cut off from God. That's how it works. You either abide in God or you're cut off from God. Either you're attached and you have life or you're detached and you have death. When a tree has a branch fall to the ground, it doesn't matter what fruit is on that branch. It doesn't matter how green the leaves are. When that branch is disconnected from the tree and is laying on the ground, it doesn't matter how pretty it looks. It's the beginning of death because it's detached from the vine. And God says, I want you attached to me. And so amazingly, in God's sovereign, he said, the attitude of your will will determine your destiny. That if you want this relationship with me, you can have this relationship with me. But the only way you're going to have this relationship with me is through faith. And when I read verse 22, it scares me a little bit. Because if, if you want to, we'll look at it here, uh, 11.22. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He's severe toward those who disobey, but he's kind to you. If you continue to trust in his kindness, but if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. That word continue. Are you going to continue in this way with me? And we've got to get into our hearts and our minds that I want to abide with God. When we have worship, I don't want to just wait till the songs are done so we can move on to the next thing. Or I don't want Pastor Daryl just to get done so we can get out of here and go have lunch and watch some football. No, when the worship starts, I'm going to connect with God. When the word is preached, I'm going to listen for God's voice. That when we pray, I'm going to have the spirit of faith to believe that God is going to answer my prayers. And that I'm going to have this time where I connect with God, where I'm attached to him. Because if I'm not attached to him, I'm dead. I'm cut off. I want to continue in with God. It's important to remember in the story of God and the plan of God. That there would be no Christianity if there wasn't first Judaism. And Paul makes that point. That they were the first that Yahweh called and made his people. And that God has an everlasting covenant with them. That the door will always be open. And God loves them with that everlasting covenant. And there will always be that remnant. And today as we think about this chapter I want to let you know and listen to me, everyone who can hear my voice right now, whether you're here, you're watching online, you're listening on the internet, you're listening on the radio, everyone, listen to me. The door is wide open. God says, come, come to me. That's God's plan. That's God's heart. He's saying, I want you to respond to me. God doesn't just want some people to come to him. He wants everyone to come to him. He doesn't just want the fullness of Israel to come to him. He wants the fullness of the Gentiles to come to him. He wants the fullness of this world to come to him. God's mercy reaches everyone. And we are all sinners. Go back to Romans 1 through 3. 
We're all sinners. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish. It doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. You're sin. You are without excuse. You stand before God. There is no other way. And you're either going to experience his wrath or you're going to experience his love. But that choice is yours. Don't say, well, God decided this or that for me. No, the choice is yours. Back to 11.22. Let me just read it one more time. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you will also be cut off. If you are in a relationship with God, you have life, you have fruit, you have abundance. But if you are cut off, you are dead. But you know what the good news is? Listen to me. You may be saying, Daryl, I feel cut off. I feel dead. I feel God, like God doesn't love me, that I've done too much, or this has happened, that's happened. I want to tell you, you know what God does? Is he takes dead things and he makes them live. He takes that dead branch and he reattaches it. And that's the power of God. That's the good news. You may feel cut off today, but you don't have to stay cut off. God says, I want to graft you into my family. I want you to be a part of my life. God's plan is so awesome that Paul ends this chapter with these words. And let me read them again. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible is it for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Amen. That's how Paul, he's so full of this, this wonderful news that God wants to make you a part of his family, to give you abundant life. I mean, there's, it's beautiful that he is the creator of life, that he is the sustainer of life, that he is the goal of our life. See, that's what's so important here. Your life is not meant for you just to live selfish and happy. God wants to change your name. He wants you to live for his glory. You know what the remnant does? Is it brings glory to God. That God is faithful to his people and his people are faithful to him. And I don't know about you, but today I want to say, God, I know that you love me with an everlasting love. And I want to say right back to you, God, that I am part of your remnant. That I love you, God. Because you first loved me. And it's not about anything that I can do. But God, I place my faith in you. And I believe that when you died on the cross for my sin, your death became my death. And when you rose from the dead, your life became my life. And I confess that with my mouth. I believe that, God. And count me in as part of your remnant. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? I want us to have a time of prayer. I want us just to have a moment of worship before we go today. And in a moment, we're going to stand and sing. But before that, I want to give you a time with God. I want you to make sure that you are attached to the vine, that you are connected to God, that you are not far out, away from him, but that he is calling you this morning, as he called Israel, as he called the Gentiles, as he called all of the Romans to him. He's calling today, 2,000 years later. He's saying, I want you to be a part of my family. I want to place you a part of the vine. What a privilege it is for us, evil, rotten, dirty sinners, to be invited to partake in the vine, to be grafted in, 
That's the love and mercy and grace of God. He's calling this morning. He's been calling in every verse in Romans. Come home. Come to me. I want to give you a chance to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And so I'm going to ask you today that if you want to be a part of this remnant, if you want to turn from your sins and follow him, I want you to repeat this prayer after me as a prayer of dedication to the Lord. Repeat these words. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a minute. Let me pray for you. And then as the music's playing quietly, I'm just going to give you some time to talk to the Lord on your own. God, we love you this morning. Your word is loud and clear. So we respond today to your covenant relationship with us. God, I thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. That when we are unfaithful, you are faithful. But today we want to be a part of that remnant. We want to be close to you. We want to be grafted in. We want to continue in that. God, we want to know your love and not your severity. God, we love you this morning. And uh, we want to be sensitive to you. So in these quiet moments of prayer and worship, may we be grafted in afresh and anew, close to you, God, close to your heart, part of your remnant today. Spend some time with the Lord in prayer.
I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and I'm going to invite you to stand. And as you stand, let's just pray together. God, I just thank you for these precious moments that we've had with you today. But before we go, we want to worship you. And God, I pray that this song that we sing wouldn't just be words on a screen, something we rush through before we go and receive the blessing. But God, that these would be words from our heart as we are attached to you. We love you, Lord, today. Hear our hearts as we sing and worship, as we conclude our time together with you, God. We love you, Lord. Search for you, God of strength. I bow to you in my brokenness. There's no other king could have so humbly come to save my soul and hear my heart I have nothing more all you offer me is there is nothing else that's of worth to me to you, God of peace, rest in you, my cares release.
Sing in your freedom. Cause in your freedom I will live. In your freedom I will live. So I offer devotion. I offer devotion. In your freedom I will live. In your freedom I will live In your freedom I will live So I offer devotion I offer devotion Jesus closing moment, God, here we offer ourselves to you, completely holy to you. God, I thank you that as we offer ourselves completely to you, you make us holy. And uh, God, I just thank you for your love. Thank you for your call. God, I I just thank you that um, 
the, just the wonderful position that we have in you. But may our lives be for your glory and not for ourselves. God, you've changed our name. You've grafted us in. God, we are a part of your family. And uh, God, today we are so grateful. And uh, the love runs so deep. God, I pray they would go with us this week. Thank you, God. I encourage you this morning that if you uh, gave your heart to Jesus Christ, you never followed him and you prayed that prayer and you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, uh, we have packets down front. They have a Bible in it, some information for you just to kind of jumpstart your walk with God. And uh, you're always welcome to be a part of our family here. And so that's down there for you. Start reading your Bible. Start talking to God. Tell somebody the decision that you made. And uh, again, I'm just so happy that you made that decision today. Um, Before we receive the blessing, I do want to invite you back next weekend. Steve Sampson's going to be with us. You know what I love about God? Is that he still speaks today. And uh, so, God's going to be speaking next Sunday. And uh, I'm excited about that. But Steve Sampson is going to be with us, the food packing and, and the, the prison ministry, all those things happening. But can you be in prayer with me this week? We're taking a big step of faith, going on the radio at 10 a.m. Do you know that 15 million people live in the listening area of the 50,000-watt WYLL? And we're going to believe that um, we're, going to, we're going to be sowing the seed of what God is doing here in this church. And we believe that it returns a great fold. Uh, for the kingdom of God. So I'm really excited about that. Would you pray with us about that? And um, I'm excited about what God's doing. And if you're new to the church and and you just love being a part of it, if you want to know what we're all about, that Activate series is in the uh, Welcome Center. Just take one out, take it home and uh, watch it. That's what we believe. It's who we are. And uh, I'll tell you more about our church. And we're going to do a membership thing later in the year. But uh, if you want to know more about us, you can do the Activate. Would you receive the blessing of the Lord today? And this is the blessing that is his covenant blessing on his people, upon Israel, upon the church. And even when we're unfaithful, he's still faithful. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that rests upon us. God, I thank you for that life abundance that you promised. God, I thank you for the healing power that is promised. God, you're saving power. You're providing power. God, you've been so good to us. Lord, we walk in that blessing. We walk in that favor. And uh, God, I pray that this week we would let our light shine in a great way uh, for your glory. And God, again, we know that you are always with us. That part of that covenant is you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Lo, you are with us always, even till the end of the age. God, I thank you for that blessing. Keep us safe, God. Keep us strong until we can gather together again and worship you as the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to spend a little more time with God, you can do that in here. If you need special prayer, I'll be down front to pray with you with our prayer team. Otherwise, have a great day. Fellowship with one another. We're so glad that you came this morning. Search for you.